0: There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. <laughs> Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. And there's nobody helping us move from awareness to action today, so it's possible that we're not gonna move from awareness. It's just to us. Action. So yeah, just buckle up, people. We're in this amazing Where are we, Centauri?
1: We're at the Pemberton, which is a really cool mixed-use space downtown Phoenix, inside the Ideas Collide IC streaming trailer. They do podcasts out of here, so we thought we'd jump in and uh and record a few here. Yeah, Shout out to
0: Ideas Collide for the hospitality and letting us use your super cool space. All right, so we um, covered or talked about the base camp story. Yes, within the past couple of years, probably within the last two years. Yep. and maybe that was uh, the canary in the coal mine or patient zero when it came to <laughs> CEOs saying, "No, we're not going to, yep. um, we're not going to talk about everything. We're not going to pursue every cause." you will focus on your job and you will leave all your other concerns at home or talk about them during off hours i don't know if i summed that up correctly no that. That was
1: good yeah and you had that kind of a rebellion from their folks on on that on that thesis yeah
0: that's right I mean, some of them said you know f you and they left and the ceo said good riddance to you and um, I believe that you know Basecamp is still a going concern, and everything is just fine.
1: Yeah, I think it's still a thing for sure. Yeah.
0: So, and I was of the mind that that he was correct.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That and this conversation that I've had with many people for many years that the purpose of an, of an organization is to earn uh, and drive profit for their shareholders. Right. And now it's all coming back to me this idea of stakeholder capitalism and who organizations are responsible to and everything else. So, your thoughts, Sarah.
1: Ooh, that's a, that's a, uh, we, we start with a heady one. Um, <laughs> so, probably have changed my views a little bit since that conversation, or maybe my views on the approach. So, I do think that um, kind of stakeholder uh, capitalism or having more folks than just the, the tra- traditional s- shareholders um, be kind of what you're beholden to, I think that's so important. I think the approach has to be different because I do think today um, it kind of like opened up the floodgates 2020, everything 2020 opened up the floodgates that now I think companies and businesses are expected to be everything to every employee and that's just not feasible. Like that's not, we can't be your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your your bank, your place of uh, enjoyment and fulfillment, uh, the place where you get your um, political appetite wet, you can't you, a company can't effectively do all those things and the company shouldn't. And so I think while well, I understand you want to make sure that your um, your employees are taken care of and that they're heard, I will always believe that and be true to that. But I also think the approach and the expectations, maybe the expectations is the best way to put it. Expectations from employees are just kind of like, it's a lot now. And I don't think, um, I don't think any business can do it well at the level that employees seem to be demanding.
0: Yeah. I've been spending a lot of time thinking about, um, No, I can't remember what I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, Just how to make better decisions and how to be a good steward of my resources. We have such finite amounts of time and attention and money and energy. And who I decide to give those things to, what I say yes to and what I say no to that's what it's going to be all about. I think on average, the average American business person or somebody who's in business is dealing with over 150 emails every day. Oh, wow. We, as human beings, process and make over 36,000 decisions every day. We encounter, throughout the course of a day, 10,000 different advertisements of some kind. Cool, Remember? And so there is an absolute war on going on. And one side of it is you and I and the other side is all those other parties that want to take our time, attention and money and yeah. resources. Wow. And so if I'm not a good steward, if I'm not making good decisions about how I allocate those things, well then I'm not going to I'm just not going to get what I want. Right. So that's it's it's incumbent on me if I'm being intentional and smart about that to make decisions on what I say no to and what I say yes to because I just don't have that much bandwidth. Right. And therefore, I think that you hit the nail on the head, it's all about the expectation and a company to say, this is what we expect, and here's sort of the guidelines yep. or, or the guardrails, and um, if it's outside of that, it's just, we're, we, we are not, we're not going to go outside those things. the Inside of it, we have freedom and flexibility to pursue our thoughts and our ideas, but we have to be more defined.
1: And I like the idea of um, thinking about like boundaries for companies. So set boundaries with your employees and say like, yes, you great job on that, which is up to a certain point. We are we're free. We're open. But after that, like we no longer do that. Like we are uh, I work for a mental health company and we we get up, hit up all the time of like we should support this, this and this. And as someone who oversees kind of our brand, it's like, well, that's not really aligned to to what we're doing. Like, I totally understand it. I'm here for you personally. I can I would love to donate and support personally. But as a brand, that doesn't make sense for us. So we can't do it. And I think having boundaries set like that or one, that's how you protect your company, protect your brand. But also it helps your employees understand, like, at the end of the day, this is a business um, and we have to do things that are aligned as such.
0: Yeah. And that's what's going to make for successful relationships at at every level. And when I talk about what a corporation's uh,
1: responsibility to Mm. is,
0: I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not a monster.
1: Um, <laughs> I promise he's not.
0: It, it, it's, and that sounds callous when I, when I talk about that. I am very interested in having everybody feel like they are contributing, like they are getting everything that they want out of their life and their career and every aspect of life. I, I want people to get what they want. That's why it's so important, and I feel like at this point we're sort of a lot of these organizations are having to backpedal and mm. sort of put Pandora back in the box yeah. or the genie back in the bottle. Whereas if during the the hiring process we said, mm. "Hey, this is who we are as X Y Z company. These are this is our mission. These are our values. These are what we stand for. This is what we promote. And these are, I mean." And if you have an outside interests or political affiliations, whatever it might be, that's fine. You are you have freedom of speech and expression, but it won't be on company time.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And do you agree on that? Yes. And then we can move forward and have success, and you can feel like you're fully engaged, um, and 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 it's fair. Versus if you came into a situation and now you want to do a certain thing, but you thought that you'd be able to, and now the company is saying you can't, that's a little bit of a tricky situation. That's a tricky so you talk about boundaries.
1: Yeah, and I think, um, you know, this came ahead for us uh, when the, uh, Roe v. Wade, the decision was overturned and um, however you feel about that is however you feel about it. But as a company, um, I know that there are folks passionate on both sides of that. And so as the person in charge of our our brand and our messaging, I had to take a step back and say, like, what was going to be the best for our folks? And you could have folks from either side being like, you need to say, take a stance. You need to do this. And what I ultimately did was say, look, however you feel about this. We're ultimately in mental health and this was the, the statement that we put out both internally and and uh externally which was no matter how you feel about this you haven't you have a thought around it and it's probably impacting your mental health so take some time to think about how this decision is affecting you how it's affecting your family on either on either way um and spend time and gave some resources around that and i think that was a really good kind of master class in saying we can you can help your employees get through this without taking a stance on something and i think what we I think what brands wish they would have learned in 2020 is exactly that. Like you can, you could be there for your people and you should be there for your people, but that doesn't mean you have to like take a stance on X, Y, Z, unless you really, again, if a company wants to go for it, that's, that's on you. But I do think if you're trying to be, um, if you're trying to be more thoughtful about it, it's just saying like, this is this is what we can do for our employees. This is how we can be thoughtful. This is how we can support. Without saying we support this or this, we just support you as a person, understand that it's hard and let us know what resources and details you need for that, uh, but not necessarily taking a stance on whatever that might be. And I think going to this next election, it's exactly that where um, I'm thinking about how do we support our employees, however they wanna vote, just saying like, look, these are the time off that you get to go vote if you want um here are the very much nonpartisan guidelines on propositions and people so here's the information we're not taking a stance we will never take a stance but you're now empowered to do those things and how is that received um i think so far it seems good and no one said anything so i'm hoping hopefully hopefully it's going well (laughs) and how long ago was that Oh, man, Uh, so on the, we just started sending out the stuff around the upcoming election, I think, uh, last week, letting people know that, you know, we're giving them time off to go vote, as they should, uh, putting out some nonpartisan things from across, um, across the country of like, this is just objective stuff on everything. So if you vote this way, this is what that means. If you vote that way, this is what it means. Giving them the info to make whatever decision they want and giving them the time to engage in the civic process. Now, that's something that every company should be doing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, that sounds super measured. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> it's, right. it's like, it sounds like you made a wise decision. Um, it's such a it's such a weird time, where you feel like uh, I, I feel like there's so much influence, be it real or mm. fake, that people are so companies are so worried about running afoul of Ooh, yeah. of. And it's kind of a cancel culture thing. Um, and, but I, I, I just so much of that, I'm, I'm not sure, is, is, is real. And I think that when you look at the internet and large groups of people, <laughs> you're like, oh. But then when you actually talk to an individual. Talk to
1: someone one-on-one, you're like, oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. really thinks it's that it's really that, that yeah, big yeah.
0: of a deal. And so the truer that we can be as individuals to what we think to be correct, and make up our own minds and opinions i mean companies are the same way and then that's really incumbent on the leadership of the organization which is what you're talking about yep. uh to be able to to set the set the agenda or the terms yep so speaking of uh speaking of ceos <laughs> uh we wanted to talk a little bit about about elon
1: musk mr musk yes uh yeah when george and i were thinking about like what should we um what Should we talk about here? And Elon Musk, uh, I think there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of thoughts, lots of opinions. But I, I come in from under the standpoint of like, what is the role of a CEO, and like, what are the responsibilities? And so he's obviously a shrewd, a shrewd businessman, grown some great companies. But it seems like there's such a distraction sometimes with like what he says on Twitter or what he does in his personal life. Which, again, he can do whatever he want. But I'm always like, man, should you? <laughs> you own, the, you're, you're in charge of these big brands. Like you're, you do such a great job. How about just. Make make Twitter the best company it can be, and I think he actually will be will be good for Twitter. Um, but make it the best company it can be. Make Spe- SpaceX, make Tesla the best companies they can be without all the fodder outside of it. But maybe people disagree and say like Elon could Elon should do whatever he wants to do. But yeah,
0: it's it, I think it's I I think it's interesting. I'm pretty sure Elon Elon Musk is going to do exactly whatever oh he's going to do whatever
1: the f he wants to do,
0: <laughs> which is actually kind of part of the appeal, right? But yeah, I think I think that that's. Yeah, for sure. I, I find it to be extremely appealing. I think he's a super important person. Right. Uh, and sort of going against the grain in in a lot of ways. He's a he's a troll. Yeah. I think he's hilarious. He shows up at Twitter with a sink. Oh, gosh. Says, Let <laughs> this sink in, everybody.
1: It's like a dad joke. He's laughing as yeah. he says it. Um Do you he, think that was a so do you think that was a good decision? Or not to say, take decision out of it. Do you think that was like good for the company? Your gut reaction. No analysis. But like okay. For sure.
0: For sure I think it's good for the company. I think that I think that it's a company that has never lived up to well depending on what you think about it, um, it's more part of the problem than it is part of the solution. And i think that his intention is to try to get out some of the bad actors yeah. and when he says i'm going to lay off 75 of the employees and he comes in with the sink i think it's more a function of this is an opportunity for you
1: to either get with the program or i will fire your ass gotcha okay so it's uh so, okay gotcha it's, uh Kind of ceremonial, or uh, it's theatrical. It's theatrical, yeah. I just and I do So I think Elon Musk, hate him or love him, I I believe that um, again, he'll bring some discipline. And like when you hear from people that work at SpaceX, there's a he has a very specific expectations. And you leave those companies like a really like strong employee in a very certain way. So I think he'll bring that discipline to Twitter. And I think that exactly what any company needs is something like that. I just don't know if like the sync thing. I just think it was like so over the top that. I don't know. I don't know if it. I, I don't know if it. Uh, it got the point across in the way that uh, that he needed it to. It does. Again, it doesn't matter. But it's like there's other ways that he could have done that. Where it's like, okay, man, you're now taking over this company. Um, hopefully, you'll be great. Uh, you have a lot of good expertise that you're going to bring to it. Like the way that he entered, it just seemed like kind of over the top. Not like, not non-CEO because CEOs can going to do it whatever they want. But it's like, was it necessary? That's a question. Like, was that necessary?
0: We're we talking about the guy that tweeted. <laughs> Should I take the W out of the company name? I didn't see that.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't see this. Six months this. <laughs> ago. <laughs> I mean, that's who oh, okay. we're well, dealing yeah, that's, that's who, that's dealing who you're with. getting. Yeah, you
0: get who you he, get. He, he put on his profile, he just put Chief Twit. <laughs> I mean, that's
1: this This guy is... Yeah, that's fair. That's who he is. That's who he is. That's who he is. He, it's who he is. He's yeah.
0: super genius. He's the richest <laughs> Human being on Earth. Yep.
1: he is a he, little off, but in a good. He's quirky, but people love it.
0: He's he's a genuine. I think he's a. I, I don't. Who who knows? But he appears to be the genuine article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would rather have that than that's fair. Some fake ass. You know, I say all the right things, and I'm a perfectly buttoned up CEO yeah, 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 yeah. Of, a, of 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 a company. Um, and I think that that's, I think we need more of that. I think people, we need more of people that are actually speaking their mind. Mm. And that's theoretically speaking what Twitter is supposed to be.
1: Yeah, just speaking your mind. Yeah, Is
0: our ability to yeah. get unfettered access to what people think. Right. And to have the richest human being on, richest man on earth, whatever he is. Uh, we just get his direct consciousness that's. I think that that's theoretically amazing.
1: Would you want Elon Musk to be your boss, or what would your thoughts be if you became your boss? Um. If so,
0: I. I never really had a boss.
1: <laughs> this, is a, this is a hard. Co- this is a hard question for you in general. You know, but, uh, if some other person,
0: so, no. <laughs> but would i would i would i want to work for elon musk sure yeah, yeah you yeah. bet yeah yeah Would i want to work for jack dorsey no uh-uh would i work at twitter before absolutely not oh, okay zero a zero percent chance that i would work at twitter before he became ceo would i work there now yes okay
1: interesting
0: i would did you see that libs of tiktok video that they posted about uh a, a day in the life of uh, my? My day in life at Twitter.
1: No, I've not seen this. It was either. just
0: preposterous. Okay. It's like some uh, some girl, like, oh, here I'm at the Twitter headquarters. I'm badging in. I'm just gonna take a minute and talk about how awesome this is. I'm gonna start my day with a macchiato. <laughs> I'm gonna go to a meeting. <laughs> I'm gonna go do some yoga. Uh,
1: I'm
0: like, okay, yeah. this is uh, this is this is why we are where we are. Speaking of let's talk about mediocrity let's talk oh. about quiet quitting
1: oh yeah let's get into it okay um I do think by the way just going back to that, that Twitter example I do think there's a way to like uh, work hard and uh and also take care of yourself so I'm hoping that was just like a like a, uh, a, a, a exaggerated view of her work day <laughs> um but I do think that you can like be very productive and also like take care of yourself just to close the loop on that I think that that's absolutely
0: essential it, it was just kind of the tone of it all. <laughs> and I'm sure that God, it I'm wasn't. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. totally real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't agree with you more. I think we need to take care of ourselves, and we need to be mindful of our of every aspect of our of of our wellness. Oh. so,
1: quiet quitting. So, um, yeah the uh, the idea of anti ambition. Oh man, should I call it that? It's it's interesting because as a as a as a professional, that's always kind of like prided myself on. Um, kind of the level of work, the quality of work. Um, it's interesting to hear and see. And I don't I want to say I don't want to say it's generational because I don't think it's generational. A group of people, uh, kind of on mass saying like I just don't want to do this anymore. Or um, it's actually I, I was reading an article that's it made kind of ambition seem toxic. It's like the people that um go above and beyond, you're wasting your lives, or people that go beyond at work. It's like. You're stupid for doing that. You shouldn't take care of yourself. And it's like those things aren't mutually exclusive. And also, if you genuinely like working, then you are taking care of yourself. Like if you're, uh, I, I just think it's an interesting narrative that we've gotten to this point where people are like, "Oh, you're a dumbass if you're working hard." Like I, that's that is very alarming to me. And it creates interesting expe- going back to expectations for businesses. It creates ex- interesting ex- expectations in the business setting of like, I um, I'm only going to do X Y Z. That's all that's in my job description. That's all I have. Which I actually I'm okay with like I'm okay with that, but then you can't on the other than the other side be like, but I also want to be promoted to this title and have this much money. Like you can't have both. Like ambition has to happen for you to grow and kind of scale and, and, and elevate as a professional. You can't say I'm only willing to do this and then also say but then I also need a promotion, more money, more responsibility. Um, it's an interesting place that we're in in like the American workforce.
0: Yeah. I mean you could include it You should have included a trigger warning out of that last thing about uh, <laughs> ambitious seems toxic, and you're stupid for going above and beyond because that's about the most triggering thing that yeah. anybody can say to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I me too. I just I'm I respect and appreciate that human beings are different.
1: Yep. Cool.
0: And and I am I am wired in a way for moving forward and for constant improvement, and probably at the um. Uh, to the detriment of other aspects of my life, but that's just how I'm wired. Yeah,
1: and you should—that should be okay. Right? You and I are very similar in that. Like I, I work a lot and I love it. I work hard, I play hard, and that's that's just me. I'm wired that way. I'm good. I realize that most people aren't that way, and I'm okay with that too. But don't make me feel like an asshole because I like to do what I do. Because I'm not making you feel like. I could easily say like, you're wasting your potential by not working more. You're wasting so much of your time by not doing these things. It's like, you you go live your life, I'm gonna live mine, but don't make me feel like the asshole for doing this. And I feel like now folks who have like, who want to rise, who want to um, really accelerate their career or in, in your position really double down on the things that have made you successful. Now we're kind of in the cross crosshairs and crossfire of folks saying like, that's, that's nothing I never want to do. And also uh, it's quote unquote toxic that you're doing that.
0: Yeah. And if somebody were to say that to me, I'd tell them to, they can go fuck themselves because I'm obviously going to do whatever I want to do. And
1: and I'd say thank you. You and
0: Elon. I'd say thank you. And and I'm worried. I no longer need to worry about you as competition to me because I will roll right over the top of you as you continue to wallow in your mediocrity. The reality is that quiet quitting is not a new thing. People have always been mediocre. In fact, there's a huge chunk of the population that... Has just been phoning it in. What's, what's awful about it and potentially nefarious and sinister, is if you have people who are attempting to influence for whatever reason, uh, a generation to start thinking that achievement is negative, which is what you were sort of talking about. Yeah, yeah, about. yeah, yeah. And what a horrible thing. Yeah. If a young person hears that, say, oh, well, I'm going to adopt this attitude. Because we don't have, no, it's, I don't have time for that. You know? I also
1: think it's, um, yeah, for any young person that's listening that kind of is getting that message, I think it's also, it's going to be a detriment to that person because there are still people that are wildly ambitious and they're just going to lap you. And then you're going to be at an age where you're like, well, why didn't I, it's like, why didn't I take those chances? Why didn't I go above and beyond? Why didn't I take the extra initiative? Because those people did, and and they're, they are where they are. But I also, again, on the other side, it, totally fine. But if you don't, if you are genuinely just don't have the ambition, you're like, I'm gonna work my eight to five, go home to my kids, do my thing. It's like, that's also fine, but like, that's totally fine too. But you can't also then be mad about like, well, why is this person so further ahead of me and like, cause they sacrificed and they did the things to do that, to get ahead of you. Yeah, I think that that's really well said right there. Mm. Really well said. I think that's the first time you've given me a compliment on this. Building.
0: I can't imagine that that's true. One hundred percent true. It's, well, <laughs> don't expect any more then. <laughs> I didn't think I would get it. <laughs> it's a there's such a deeper conversation to be had there. Yes. You know, I I really believe that it, as human beings, we are designed to consistently strive. Mm. And that is the term I remember when I was in college. I had to take a theology class every year. Ooh. And it was either freshman or sophomore year. I read about the Iranian theodicy. And it talked about how human beings are, it's, were designed to consistently strive. Mm. And that we are inherently flawed. Uh, but in spite of that, we're just consistently trying to get better and trying to get better. If you are somebody who is curious about those types of conversations, sort of philosophical, theological type conversations. It's Irenean, it's not Iranian, it's Irenean, I think it was Arenus. Ireneus was the philosopher that laid that out. Um, very very interesting and it really resonates with me and always has that it's not a game of perfect. You know i'm going to make mistakes you know it's not i'm not I'm going to feel like it every day and i'm not always going to do my best every day but it is that i'm waking up and i'm trying to put my best foot forward love that and um i heard it was like michael irvin or somebody was talking about michael irvin who is a an athlete centauri i know which is sports it. is yeah. he on the, the cowboys well, he, he, yes <laughs> ha Boom. Nailed it. Boom. Great job. Thank you. Two two compliments in the span (laughs) of a couple minutes. (laughs) But somebody referred to Michael Irving as as a 100% guy. And that meant that whatever he was doing, he was giving it 100%. Oh, okay. So, you know, if you have allocated, you know, today I'm going to work for three hours. Okay. So give it all you got for three hours. And then go about your day.
1: Yeah. I like the 100% guy.
0: I've never been somebody who's gonna to lie to myself if I'm not working. I'm not gonna to pretend to work and push a mouse around. I'm gonna go do something else. Now, if you're in a job where you're, respect, you're expected to be in a certain place, then that's a little trickier. But I'm the last person who's gonna say, you need to work 24 seven or whatever. That's a recipe for burnout. Yep. You know, I want people to have an integrated, wonderful life. Yep. So whatever I that, love that like. I love that. Well, excellent. So we talked a little bit about Basecamp. Talked about your experience. Talked about Elon Musk. Quiet quitting. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Toxicity. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Oh goodness.
0: That's so funny.
1: Very, you're very upset about this.
0: I, I'm, that's upsetting. Anyway, great job. It's fun. It's a good one. Yeah, I think I think feel like we nailed it. I think we solved all the problems there. Yes. Now I'm trying to remember how we close the show. Something along the lines of keep questioning because the struggle is real. Good job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm